The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Continue to pour in for Stan Lee, the legendary writer, editor, and publisher of Marvel Comics, the real-life superhero to comic book lovers everywhere, died yesterday at the age of 95. Uh, Lee began uh, Marvel in 1939, created or co-created the Black Panther, Spider-Man, X-Men, Iron Man, the Mighty Thor, the Fantastic Four, that rhymes, and the Incredible (laughs) Hulk, just to name a few. Around the world, people are remembering his work and the impact on their lives, including our guest who holds the world record for biggest comic book collection. Welcome uh, to the show, Bob uh, Bretal. Hey, Bob. Hi, how are you doing today? Pretty good. You're a fascinating guy. I've seen, um, and I know you might not be expecting that when you go onto a radio show, but um, I don't think you're crazy or anything. I, I think you've got a heck of a great <laughs> collection going there. I appreciate that. I don't think I'm crazy either. That's a bit of a backhanded compliment. Well, no, because you know when anybody collects anything, and specifically when people collect something like comic books, the vast majority of people don't understand their value, and Mm -hmm. they don't understand what it takes to collect certain editions of uh, comic books. You have to know your books pretty good, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been reading comics since I was eight. And I'm 56 now, so mm. I I never quite grew up. I guess. <laughs> Bob, uh, you live uh, you're down in what California, right? California, right? California. I mean, other than the fact that I got married, got a bachelor's and master's degree, you know, have held on a job for 30. <laughs> so you're not I, in your mother's basement. That's what we're getting at. Yeah. Right? Anything, you know, it's just, regular people. Regular people read comics. You know, yeah, absolutely. Just, so, Bob, you like the stories. Bob, tell us what went through your mind uh, when you heard the news of uh, of the passing of Stanley. Uh, you know, it was it was very sad, not completely unexpected. I mean, he was very advanced in age. He's been not well um, for a while. He's had various you know bouts of pneumonia and in and out of the hospital and stuff. But it's always sad when you when you hear the passing of someone that, you know, you grew up with their work. So what did Stan Lee and his work mean to you? The very first comic I bought for myself when I was eight that got me reading comics every month for the last 48 years was written by Stan. Uh. It was Amazing Spider-Man number 88. And, you know, the thing about Stan's writing that really... I think a lot of people comment on this is, you know, he wrote superheroes, but we cared more or not more. We cared as much about the characters when they weren't in their costume as when they were Mm -hmm. people who just have seen the movies and stuff. You know, you Peter Parker as Spider-Man and you see in the latest movie, you know, people can relate to the movies. You know, you see Tom Holland, he's, talking with Aunt May and he's going to high school and he's doing all these things. Well, people can relate to that character, Peter, as much as they can relate to Spider-Man in many cases. And that was uh, a real 
gift that Stan brought to these things is he put so much heart into all the characters, both in and out of costume. You know, you've mentioned a couple of things there, Bob, that I want to uh, I want to get back to. You mentioned the Amazing Spider-Man number eighty-eight. That is not specifically uh, a valuable comic book, but it has value to you. And that gets back to my point about collections, is that oftentimes those who don't collect anything or don't collect the specific thing that, for example, you do, they always want to know the monetary value. What's what's the you know that many comic books worth, or what's this comic book worth, or what's the most uh, you know expensive comic book you have? But for a collector, it's not about that, right? For a collector, each piece means something different to them. Yeah, well, there are different kinds of collectors. You know, certain collectors that is what they focus on. You know, certain collectors they they want really valuable comic books and that's how they collect they specifically collect oh bob you're breaking up hi bob you're breaking up there hello bob you might have gone behind a stack of comic books he might have okay i'm just gonna put him on hold here see if we can get him back on the line see what happens there he mentioned as well and that's what i was going to say that the way stanley wrote uh, and I read those comic books back in the day as well. The way he wrote, uh, the other thing was the heroes were f- often flawed. Well, they were flawed. They were hu- they were real. Hu- they're human. Yeah. You know? They weren't godlike. They were yeah. like human like. Exactly. Right? There he is. Bob's back on the phone. Hi, Bob. Oh, hello, Bob. But are, can you guys hear me? Yeah. You yeah. just there keep you, go. you keep breaking up a little bit there. Yeah, we got you now. Um, you know, I was, I think I was saying earlier that, you know, some people collect for monetary value and that's okay if that's what, you know, gets them, you know, up in the morning, but others like myself, we collect because we like the stories and characters mm-hmm. and, you know, that, that was the category I fall into. So I never really worried about, you know, how much things are worth We're saying a second ago is right. You, you could feel like these no. Hey, Bob. People, they had. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. You're just you're really cutting in and out uh, on us. I'm not sure if you're moving around, or if you're just staying in one spot. I am. I am stationary. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's keep but trying. The there we go. Um, but the he wrote characters who felt like real people. Yeah. Right. We're saying and. And that was the difference, you know, some of the DC characters like Superman or, you know, they were very godlike, Wonder Woman. They were, you know, kind of peak perfection. They didn't seem to have the same kind of problems unless they were kind of manufactured problems. Whereas Peter, you know, would be worrying about getting medicine for his Aunt May or right. May. Yep. Was is was Peter like your favorite that. was Peter your favorite character or who was? Oh, Spider Man always was because it was the first you know, that's what got me into reading comics, so I kinda go back to Spider Man. I think a lot of people imprint on that character that's the first one that that got them into comics. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting. We've talked about collectibles before on this show, and I've made mention of the fact, uh, yeah, I used to deal in uh, memorabilia, sports memorabilia, and it's just one of those funny things. Sports cards, for example, some people who are not um, good collectors or smart collectors will, at an opportunity, get that card 
signed and it actually devalues the card, right? You you mentioned a moment ago that you enjoy reading. So are you not a collector who buys them in a plastic case and never opens the case in order to maximize their value? Or do you read everything that you've bought? I I have read the vast majority of all the comics I have. I have <laughs> over 100,000 comic books. I've read <laughs> over 100,000 comic books, as funny as that may seem. But, you know, I... Again, I don't, I don't knock people who like buying things that are sealed in these plastic slabs that have the grade on them and they stay all pristine and in that condition. But that's not really what I'm primarily into. You know, mm-hmm. I'd rather I buy the ones that I read them. I I do have a, I have a few that are in the slabs. You know, I've I've bought them and I've read them in reprints you know, somewhere before, like mm. my Amazing Fantasy 15, um, which is the first appearance of Spider-Man. Um, I bought that in a slab, mostly because it was really expensive <laughs> you know, to get that one. And uh, that way, since I bought it through the mail, that's, that's an advantage. As you know, with sports cards, you know, when you have that objective third-party grading and you're not able to look at it yourself, yep. you know that it's in that condition. So, you know, buying something through the mail, um, you know, that, that gives you that assurance. So yep. I've kind of left that one alone in the slab, but I've, I've bought other ones in the, in the plastic holders that I've kind of broken out of the holders hmm. so I could page through them. Now, when you originally started collecting comic books as a child, didn't you actually start cutting out the characters in the comic books, which just anyone yeah. who collects comic uh, books just yeah. gasped, by the way? Yeah, well, you know, I was eight, so you know, <laughs> those first those first Spider-Man comics that I bought, and you know, the first year or two, I would cut the little figures of Spider-Man out and mm-hmm. bad guys like Doctor Octopus or whatever, and you know, kind of play with them like little paper <laughs> figures. I didn't, you know, there were, they didn't make as many action figures back then. <laughs> they didn't make any really, so you know, that's what I did. And, you know, I replaced those books in my teens, you know, so it's like I was eight when I did that. Probably by the time I was 13, I'm like, man, I cut up all those comic books. So I, <laughs> I, re-bought, I re-bought those comics, you know, way back when, so it's not like I had to pay a lot of money to replace them. But, you know, little kids do what little kids do. Yeah. <laughs> Bob Breetal joining us on the phone this afternoon. Bob, did you ever meet Stan Lee? I, I was really fortunate. I met Stan on, I think, five different occasions. Mm. Um, the first time I met him was really, really nice. I met him at a local at the Long Beach, at a Long Beach Con um, convention. And it was still, this was like about 2004. And oh. it was before he was as popular as yeah. he became. He hadn't been doing all the movie cameos and things like that. And I went up to him. There were maybe about 100 people in line. So I waited a while to get to him. And everybody had very significant things for him to sign. They'd have Spider-Man number one or Fantastic Four number one or, you know, these really expensive comics. And I laid down Amazing Spider-Man 88 in front of him, (laughs) which was... And he looked at it and he said, you know, why did you, I haven't seen this comic since I wrote it. What, what, what did you pick told him, you know, the story that was the first comic off the rack. 
And he's like, that's great. And he started flipping through it and smiling. And then he he told me to come around the table. He put his arm around my shoulder and had one of the um, guy, line guys take a picture of us together. Very cool. Wow. And that was really, really nice. Bob, so, you mentioned uh, um, you mentioned before Stanley made cameo appearances. Didn't Stanley, and you'd know this better than I, didn't he used to make cameo appearances literally in comic books? Yeah, he he was in he had he'd written himself and other people in the Marvel <laughs> bullpen, you know, the writers and artists into different stories. Um I think at the uh, wedding of Reed Sue Richards in Fantastic Four Annual One, himself and Jack Kirby are trying to get into the wedding. <laughs> and they, you know, they don't have a wedding invitation, and the guy, you know, the usher's like not letting him in, and um, he's been in other other kinds of things. So yeah, he he likes to poke fun and and do things like that. He another thing I will mention that I think was a big part of the magic that Stan brought to Marvel Comics was he used to do a. Uh, short column in every issue uh, of each month called Stan Soapbox, and it was printed in the comics, and he would talk about various topics, but he always talked like he was talking directly to you, Hmm. you know, and as a kid reading those books, you felt like Stan was talking to you, and he never talked down to anybody. And it really made a, a real sense of community um, among the Marvel fans. You know what? And it was the same way when they would answer letters in the letter pages. You very, um, very interactive. Bob, uh, yesterday the actor Seth Rogen tweeted, uh, "Thank you, Stan Lee, for making people who feel different realize they are special." And it sounds like, you know, that's exactly what he did, uh, even for you. Is is made you feel special? Made you feel part of a community? And that's cool. He did that, and, and, you know, the other thing that he he did do, like even the X-Men, um, very popular characters, were kind of an allegory for, you know, the mutants were persecuted because they were different. Hmm. And it was kind of an allegory for race relations or people who were maybe if they were gay or something else that were different, that they should be accepted for who they are and they shouldn't be hated and feared for being different. Or anybody, even if you're just, uh, you know, the geeky kid reading comic books, you shouldn't be persecuted. And he, you know, even Peter Parker in his, you know, civilian identity, he used to get bullied at school Mm -hmm. by people and, you know, picked on and everything. But then, you know, he was the superhero. Hmm. Bob Retall is the uh, Guinness Book of World Records owner of the most individual comic books. Also want to note, computer engineer, as well as you talked off the top. I want to thank you, Bob, for joining us this afternoon and sharing your thoughts on uh, on Stan Lee. And we're fascinated by, by your collection as well. I am, yeah. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you. We'll hope to talk again sometime. Take care now. Excelsior! Oh. <laughs> The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.